Welcome to Streams from the River, the podcast from the River Church RVA with pastor-teacher Michael Kraft. I know you'll be blessed by the teaching today, so open your hearts and let's get straight into today's message. So today I want to take uh, a few moments and begin to look at the Christmas story, and I want to look at kind of the conception of two of the greatest individuals recorded in the Bible, talking about John the Baptist and Jesus, all right? There's some very interesting things that we can learn as we look at how the angels came and the proclamations that they made to uh, their father and and mother. And we're going to look in the book of Luke, because the gospel of Luke Uh, Luke was a physician, and he wrote in an orderly manner, the order in which things took place. And so we're going to start by looking at John in Luke uh, chapter 1, okay? So Luke chapter 1, I want to start at verse 5, all right? Where it says, in the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Listen, these are folks who had given their lives to serving God. And at the same time, while they were serving God, Elizabeth, Zacharias's wife, was barren. And in those days, If a a woman or a wife didn't have a child, it was a disgrace. You know what I'm saying? And so you can imagine that uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth spent a lot of time when they were together praying. And what do you think they were praying for? They were praying for a baby, all right? So they had prayed for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, if we take a look in verse 8, it's there's something that happened, an angel, or no, now it happened that while he was performing his priestly services, uh, verse 8, Luke chapter 1, before God, in the appoint, appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of incense offering, okay? So this is taking place. And then in verse 11, Something amazing happens, something that Zechariah wasn't expecting on any level. How many of you have had things that you've been praying for for a long time, and then all of a sudden God shows up in a way that's unexpected? Amen. This is what's, ha- this is what's happening with Zechariah, okay? So it says in verse 11 that an angel of the Lord appeared before him. An angel of the Lord. Actually, in verse, uh, I think, 13, it goes on to say that this angel was the angel Gabriel, okay? There are three different types of angels listed in the Bible. There are seraphim and cherubim, and then there's the archangels, okay? These are the highest-ranking angels, and there were three of them, okay? There was Michael, and there was Gabriel, and there was Lucifer, all right? Lucifer fell And so now there's only two. So one of the highest ranking angels in heaven comes and stands before Zechariah while he's in the temple serving the Lord. And it's amazing what this angel says, okay? The angel 
appeared to him. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your petition has been heard. Why do you think that the angel Gabriel told Zechariah that his petition had been heard? Probably because Zechariah and Elizabeth had been praying for so long that they didn't know whether their prayer had actually been heard. So Gabe comes and says, listen, your prayer has been heard. All right? Your prayer has been heard. I don't believe Zach believed that it had been prayed. How many times have you prayed for something for a long, long time? You haven't seen it. And so you continue to pray, but you really don't know whether you, you don't know whether God's listening or not. You know, maybe he's busy with all the other people, you know? There's so many big things happening in the world. Why would he take note of little old me and my little request? Well, I want you to know that God takes note of your petition. God takes note of your prayer. And so the angel says that your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you will give him the name John. Listen, they've been praying for years. They might, yeah, they may have stopped. They're advanced in years. That's the biblical way of saying that you're old. Okay. <laughs> they were advanced in years. They were, the, Elizabeth was, was past the years where one would give birth. And so this angel come and says, your wife is going to give birth. Listen, they've been praying for years. Lord, we want a baby. Lord, we want a baby. Lord, we want a baby. The angel shows up. Gabriel shows up and says, listen, your petition has been heard. You're going to have a baby. He's going to be a son. You're going to give him the name John. What do you think Zachariah's response was? Yay, God. Hallelujah. You finally answered my prayer. Listen, he'd been praying so long that when the answer finally came, he couldn't believe it. Isn't that amazing? So it goes on and says, um, in verse 19, he says, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. He wasn't having a whole lot of joy. He was kind of having a heart attack <laughs> at this moment. Gabriel shows up, but he, he's telling him, man, your prayers have been answered. You're going to rejoice. Many are going to rejoice and be glad at his birth. Verse 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's prophesying over John's life. He's telling Zechariah what this man's life is all about, okay? This is... Gabriel, you know, he's a high-ranking dude in heaven, and so he's sent to bring this special message, all right? So, verse 15, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He won't drink wine or liquor. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord, their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of righteousness so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is good news. Amen. So how is Zechariah going to respond to this good news? You know, I love what the gospel is because the gospel isn't just good news. The gospel, actually the word gospel 
literally means almost too good to be true good news. All right. It's great to have good news, but man, doesn't it just fill your heart when you when you hear something that is almost too good to be true? You know, in the world, if something is too good to be true, we usually say it can't be true. But I'm telling you, the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, the good news that he's speaking to you and I in this season is almost too good to be true. But it's true. It's great news. All right. So this is what he's, what Gabriel is pronouncing to, uh, to Jude or to um, Zechariah. And so Zechariah, trying to find my place here, in verse 18, Zechariah reveals where his heart is. Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know for certain? Have you ever prayed and you said, God, I need a sign? Give me a sign somewhere so that I know that you hear my prayer. So that's this is what Zechariah is doing. He said, man, this angel, he's saying that he's heard my petition. There's going to be a sign. And he, man, this son is going to, he's going to be great in the kingdom of God. And Zechariah says, how can I know for certain? I, I, I think a big old angel showing up would be a big enough sign for me. Yeah, well, yeah, you're you're ministering before the Lord, an angel shows up, he gives you this news that you've been praying for, and Zacharias says, How will I know for certain? And then he says this, because I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Listen, he's looking at his circumstance, he's looking at, at all of the obstacles and the natural, and he's disqualifying himself from the very thing that God is speaking into his life. Man, when God speaks and it's an answer to your prayer and it doesn't come the way that you think it's going to come, don't disqualify the word of God. Amen. Don't disqualify what God is saying by simply looking at your circumstances and say it can't be so because, and then you fill in the blank. That's 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 exactly what Zechariah was doing. So what's uh, what's the angel say? The angel answered him. At first, it says he's just the angel. Now the angel identifies himself. Listen, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to you to bring you this good news. The Father has sent me to bring this good news. And since Zechariah's heart was closed, Gabriel is going to close his mouth. <laughs> he says, goes on and says in verse 20, it says, And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Man, you know, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think that I think that God just shut Zechariah down. He, he gave him some time to think. I wonder what we miss out on sometimes when we don't believe what God's word says to us. 
I wonder what gets shut out of our lives when God speaks a specific word and we come up for all of the excuses why it can't be so. You know, God's going to fulfill his word, but until it's fulfilled, do you want to be a mute? Apparently so, I'm not hearing anything. (laughs) Yeah, amen. So anyhow, um, he asked, how will I know for certain? And so Gabriel gives him the answers. You see, Zechariah didn't believe that God had heard his prayers. And when the time came when God was going to answer, he wanted to know for certain. It wasn't enough just to hear the word of the Lord or to have an angelic visitation. He wanted to know for certain. And listen, the only way in the kingdom of God that you're going to know anything for certain is by faith. All right? We've got to believe that confession that we made about the word of God. Do we believe that it is God's holy inspired word to me, to you? Do you believe that you are who it says that you are and you have what it says you have and you can do what it says you can do? Do you believe or are we making a confession? You see? It makes a difference. And if you're looking for circumstances to be certain, you may miss out on some things. God's word is true. And with God, God always does the impossible. I mean, if you're in a situation right now where it looks like everything's impossible, God wants you to know today, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen? God's not necessarily going to answer according to what you believe, your human limitations or what the circumstances are. But God is going to answer prayers because all things are possible. How many of you believe that? So all things are possible with God. All right. So you need to know that. If Zechariah had truly believed the word of God, do you think that the sign would have been that he would have been unable to speak for nine months? I believe that if he believed, I don't think that God would have shut his mouth. Do you? So this, is, this was the sign for his unbelief. So as we go on in verse 26, I'm just kind of following down, you know, the, this chronology of verses in Luke chapter 1. And so this is the outcome of this conception, because it goes on to say after that, that Zechariah went home and his wife conceived and her disgrace was taken out of the way. And then the next thing that happens is there's another conception that takes place. All right. And this one's a whole lot different. Gabriel's on a mission, man. And he's got another, He's got another individual that he needs to speak to. So in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, Gabriel shows up again. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So Gabriel shows up just like he did to Zechariah, but this time he shows up to Mary. Now, Zechariah had been married for a long time, and he had been trying to have a child. 
Mary is not married, <laughs> okay? She's not trying to have a child, but there's an announcement that's coming from the angel. And I want to, I want us to take a look at, at her response, okay? Verse 28 through uh, 33, I want to read that. And coming in, the angel Gabriel said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was very perplexed at the statement, kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. I always wonder why when angels show up, their first words are generally, don't be afraid. And I think that's because when angels show up, the first thing that happens is <laughs> we're afraid, you know. So I'm glad God says, don't be afraid. So he says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. You see, in the same way that Gabriel showed up to Zechariah and prophesied about uh, John the Baptist and what his ministry would be, this is the same pattern that's taking place. Gabriel's now showing up to Mary, says, listen, you're going to have a child, and and this is this is who he's going to be. He's going to sit on the throne of his father, David. His kingdom is going to have no end. See, for Mary, this was, this was an entirely different situation. For her to become pregnant, if you just looked in the natural, it would, it would also be, it would be a disgrace. Joseph would probably put her away. Her family, her family would be looked at. I mean, she would be looked at as if she was a harlot. I mean, and on and on and on. In the natural, this didn't look like a good thing. Okay. So what's Mary's response? In verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Literally, it says this, how will this be? Okay. Compare this to Zechariah and his response. Zechariah was uncertain. He'd been praying. He had a lot of unbelief. And he said, how can I know this for certain? How can I know this for certain? Mary is hearing the word of the Lord, and she simply says, how will this be? She's not questioning the angel. She's not questioning the word of the Lord. She's simply saying, how will this be? How will this be? I've not known a man. How will this be? I believe that she believes the word of the Lord. She just doesn't know how it's going to take place. How many of you have gotten a word from God? You believe it. You're either in one or two places. You're either saying, Lord, how can this be? And how can I know for certain? Or you're in a place of faith where you know what God is saying. And you're simply saying, Lord, how will this be? I would rather be in the how will this be stage. How about you? Amen. And so God's going God's to gonna answer, all right? So in verse 34, or actually verse 35, do you all see the difference between Zechariah uh, and Mary's response? Okay, so let's see what, how Mary actually responds, all right, in verse 35. After she says, how will this be? 
The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. That's the response. How will this be? The answer is the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. God Almighty will plant the seed of what he's spoken to you in your spirit, and he will bring it to pass, all right? A lot of times I think we get caught up because we try to bring the will of God to pass in our own strength and in our own mind when we need to recognize that God's will is always accomplished through the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why when Jesus came, he didn't just come to die on the cross, he came to die for our sins, but that was, that was a prerequisite so that you and I could be filled with the Holy Spirit, all right? Jesus came to take away sin, which separated us from God. But John the Baptist said, the one who's after me, who is greater than I, he will not baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit and God's word comes to you, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He will speak his word. If you have faith to believe, God will conceive and bring forth his work through the power of the Holy Spirit. We just have to learn how to cooperate with him, all right? I think so many times we just try to do God's will our way, all right? There's a way that seems right. There's a way that seems logical. There's a way that, you know, based on your age, your gifting, your circumstance, there's a way that seems right. I don't know why, but God usually contradicts most of that with what he does. And so we need to be prepared for these unexpected moments where God shows up, all right? So I love Mary's response. Mary's response, verse 38. Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Man, she didn't have any unbelief. She wasn't questioning whether it could be. She just wanted to know how it would be. Gabriel gave the answer, and her response was, I am the Lord's bondservant. Be it unto me according to your word. I believe in that moment she conceived. In that moment she conceived. So I want to, uh, the question I want to ask this morning is this. Because I believe that there are things that you and I have been praying for. I believe there are things that you have earnestly contended for in prayer, some for a long, long time. And I believe with all of my heart that we are now moving into a season where God is coming and saying, those things that you have been praying for, those things that you have believing for, this is the season. And you may be saying, you know what? I've been praying for that for years and I haven't seen it. How can it be? Well, you see, I think right here in this story, we have the opportunity to examine our hearts. Do you still believe 
that the dream and the vision that God has placed in your heart can come to pass? Do you, have you come to the place? Sometimes I think that these seasons of waiting take place because God says, well, listen, I'm going to let you try in your own strength just as long as you want to. Give it your best shot, okay? And when you're done trying to bring about my will your way, when you're about ready to give up, I'm about ready. You finally come to the place where I get started. Does that make any sense? And so what I want to say is this, is that in your life, God has spoken some things. He's given promises. And all around, sometimes it looks like there's barrenness and where's the fruit. I'm telling you, this is the time to examine what your response is. Because my name's not Gabriel, okay? I'm just Michael. He's the other archangel. (laughs) But he's coming and standing before you today and saying, do you believe? I've been sent from God to tell you that the thing that you didn't believe is possible is going to be possible in this season. If you're looking for signs in the, in the natural, we need to build up our faith. We need to, to trust the Holy Spirit. We need to allow him to direct our path, okay? When we make our plans, we come up with a strategic plan. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do this, then we're going to do this. And when this comes, then we can do this. I can tell you, God has his plan. His plan is simply this, follow me. Okay? Do you believe that? God's plan is really, really simple. It's simply follow me. You see? In the Old Testament, you had to follow the word of God. You had to keep every precept. But in the New Testament, God has given us a guide, and the guide is called the Holy Spirit. If you're going on a trip and you don't know where you're going, would you rather have a map or a guide? If I had a map, and back in the days before GPS, if I had a map, I would end up all over the place, usually stopping at a gas station, all right, asking for directions because I didn't know where in the world I was. But today with GPS, is they're kind of like our own personal guide. They tell you where to go and when to turn this way. And if you go the wrong way, it redirects you. I kind of think that the Holy Spirit is kind of our personal GPS, you know, he will guide you and let you know when to turn here or when to, when to say yes, when to say no. And it's time to say yes again to the promises of God. So again, and I, I want to say this just in closing today, is who are you going to be like? We, we saw two conceptions in these opening chapters of the Gospel of, of Luke. We saw John the Baptist and we saw how his father responded in answer to his prayer, but because of the time that had gone by, he was filled with unbelief and God shut him up. Aren't you glad that the sign for when, when um, Mary asked, how will I know? Gabriel didn't say, well, you're not going to be able to speak for the next nine months. You see, Mary had something to say. Mary had faith. Mary had something to proclaim, you know? And so I believe this. I'm going to have you stand, okay? 
there comes a place in our lives where we need to come before God and we need to recognize, and we talked about this at the end of our worship time, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The angel Gabriel told Mel, uh, Mary, I almost said Melanie, <laughs> said, said to Mary that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, okay? I believe that right now, this is the moment we have the opportunity to stand before God. And I want you to put yourself in remembrance of some of the promises that God has placed in your heart. Some of the desires, you know, the Bible says, if you delight in the Lord with all of your heart, that he'll give you the desires of your heart. God has planted his desire in our hearts. And you know, our response needs to be, Lord, be it unto me. Uh, Here I am. I am the bondservant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Thanks for listening to Streams from the River from the River Church RVA in Chester, Virginia. If you've been blessed by the message and would like to connect deeper with the River Church RVA, please visit our website at riverchurchrva.com. Or you can send us an email, share your testimonies, prayer requests, or general correspondence to family at riverchurchrva.com. Again, that's family at riverchurchrva.com. Have a blessed day, and we look forward to being with you again next time right here on Streams from the River.